0: Hello and welcome everybody to today's news tonight episode 146. Wow, this is as always the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests our lovely patrons and our awesome YouTube audience to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host for today, Ash Paulson, and, and today I'm joined by my good friends and GVG co-founders, Steve Bolling and Derek Bittner, along with our very special guest, IGN senior editor, actor, of the Blood God podcast creator, Nintendo voice chat co-host, twice returning TNT guest, and personal dear friend of mine, Kat Bailey. Kat, how are you doing? Thanks so much for coming, for coming back onto the show with us.
1: Hello, everybody, and <laughs> thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited to talk
0: about video game news. It's my favorite topic.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Always keeps everybody happy
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. how, how did we know? How did we know yeah there's there's never any any negative discourse in video game news come on ever uh, but no this is your third time on the show it's actually been I looked it up it's been about seven months if you can believe wow. it since you were last on oh my
1: gosh too long.
2: But here Way I am. It fun. doesn't even feel yeah. that long,
0: honestly.
1: I, I got to say, Kat, I'm really
3: feeling the upgrade to your backdrop here. Thank you. Thank I, you. Love I love it. Art behind you. It's looking
1: clean. It's all the IGN stuff. We spent a long time getting this backdrop perfected. So,
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, just to remind everybody, we are uh, in the midst of kind of overhauling the way we handle super chats. So, if we do get any super chats today, we will be uh, reading them throughout the show, not all in one go. We may not read everything. Every super chat will appear on screen, but depending on how many get, how many we get, we may not be able to read them all out just to keep the show moving. So. Uh, just to remind everyone there, if you don't get your Super Chat right out, that's the only reason why. But we will do our best to get to as many as possible. Also, just as a quick reminder, uh, when we hit 75,000 subs right here on YouTube, we're giving away a Switch OLED model oh, wow. for free to a random subscriber. All you have to do is be subscribed, uh, Steve. Steve has the switch in hand <laughs> and it's somewhere somewhere it is in it is in, in his room but yeah all you gotta do is be subscribed when we hit 75k and you might win a free switch oled and if you want a uh, a closer term goal to shoot for if we hit 70k subs before november derek and i have pledged to do no shave november so you can see me look really really bad and haggardly with a beard and all sorts of nastiness but we're just 800 <laughs> subs away from that right now. Yeah, I know are, it, it's looking like we might actually make it. So if we do it hit 70k happen. by November, that's what's happening. Uh, so yeah, help us get there. And if you want to see what Derek and I look like uh, with that not shaving for a month, then like I don't know days, why you so. would want that. But <laughs> but <laughs> there you go. So um, I just
2: really want to look like uh, Robin Williams and Jumanji going out. What
0: what year is it? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so we were talking a little bit uh, before the show, Kat, and you just previewed uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I did it for IGN.com. Gonna be of talking course. A little bit. I'm going
1: to be talking about it a little bit on Nintendo Voice Chat on Friday. But Ooh. I it was a hands-off preview. So basically they were just having us watch a video while uh, a Treehouse employee guided us through the gameplay and talked through everything. And y'all... I have to say, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl is my favorite generation. Uh, Like, sentimental favorite generation. I'm not going to go out and claim that it's better than the fifth generation, or even necessarily the third generation. (laughs) Though, I think the third generation is kind of actually a train wreck in its own (laughs) fun way. Like, I can talk Uh. about a whole podcast about why third generation is so problematic. But I have many fond memories about fourth gen, because I was living in Japan at the time. I was playing it in Japanese. It was a really nice upgrade in many ways over 3rd gen. Its main problem was that it had a really sluggish battle system, but that one's fixed in this one. I kind of like the music. I like the vibes. It is got the spooky vibe to it. A spooky really? vibes. It,
2: yeah. It, it has one of the best... I, I, it's actually a sentimental favorite of mine too, cat. Uh, because that's the Pokemon that got me back into it because I skipped 3rd gen. It's like, ah, I'm too old for this. I don't care about Pokemon anymore. Then I, I, everybody around me in college was just like... New Pokemon coming out. New Pokemon coming out. I was like, maybe I should check this out. Like it's still being big. So I maybe got. Should I, try
1: this Pokemon thing. Yeah, maybe
2: I should go back into it. Is it still good? And yeah, I got back into into it through Pokemon Pearl. Loved the. I think it's the trainer battle theme. The uh, mm. the one that goes dun, dun 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 dun. Like it just has this great buildup to it, um, and. Honestly, if it wasn't for that game, I would not be the Pokemon fan wow. I am today because I—that's what got me back into the series and getting each new release at that point. Because and wouldn't have the knowledge base I needed for this job, that's for sure. I'd be I'd be out of luck <laughs> uh, considering uh, Pokemon is what kind of put me on the map on YouTube. So, A thing yeah, that
1: people I, don't remember is that uh, <coughs> Pokemon Diamond and Pearl's English localization was done by somebody who I believe were, was was uh, very active on the Something Awful forums. So the original oh. Diamond and Pearl localization has a ton of memes and something awful in jokes. That's so funny!
2: I, didn't I don't know think that. I realized that. I didn't it's know one that.
1: Most, it's one of the most memey localization scripts in the series, if I recall okay. correctly. So it was a big That's talking amazing. point back in the day, which made me a little sad because I was playing in Japanese, which of course plays oh. it quite a bit more straight. But yeah. I, I, I'm, in, I'm into it. I'm into the vibe of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Like initially, when it was initially nice. announced, I was like. Really? Because I thought they were going to kind of, you know, do Sword and Shield, but in Sinnoh. And I would have been kind of okay with that. I felt like they did a really good job of upgrading the wild areas in the DLC for uh, Sword and Shield. So I was like, great. And they'll just keep taking it even further in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Instead, I get kind of a, what seemed like a bare bones remake on the face of it. Sort of a lesser version almost of The Link's Awakening. Um oh, uh-huh. remake from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've been saying too that I'm really into the vibe. I, I love the the Chibi mm-hmm. character models in the Overworld, and for me, it's it's going to serve as kind of a nice reintroduction to Sinnoh because all I really remember of Diamond and Pearl was that it was they were my least favorite generation,
2: and mm. I,
0: I'm looking forward to. Having a kind of a new lease on Gen Four, and a new lease on Seno by by kind of you know having being reintroduced to the region through these remakes. So even though I wasn't a big fan of Gen Four back in the day, I'm completely open to you know it it drawing me in it, uh, via yeah. these remakes. And so and I still did finish Di- uh, Diamond. I played all the way through and played a bunch of it. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, kind of having a reminder of what makes Seno so great. And like you, Cat, I, I I'm enjoying the vibe here. The, the the visual style so far yeah um, um, and my angle well.
1: my angle on the podcast or sorry not the podcast the preview was that it was kind of the classic old school pokemon that we've been missing it even down mm-hmm. to the music the music is really authentic to the original feel of it and i didn't realize how much i kind of missed this version of pokemon the ones that didn't have the gigantamax forms or any of the kind of the feature creep and you know it was a fairly simple, simplistic presentation and now I'm like, okay, I'm just ready to take a trip down memory lane. If it has the Battle Frontier, so much the better.
2: And I, I Top was actually Dog about is, to ask that. If, uh, I, did did uh, they say whether the Platinum content is in there?
1: No, they did not. Uh, they said stay tuned when I asked them about it. So, <laughs> of course. Uh, nice. So they are being really coy about the map, the world map. So it makes me wonder if they intend to have post-game content about what they're going to be showing. And if they have the Battle um, Frontier, that's it. That's an instant buy for me.
0: That'd be... Right. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's, you can think so many hours into the Battle Frontier, so...
0: Yeah. Mm. Um. Really quick, everybody, to, just to let you know why. I, I know I look really weird on camera sometimes. There's some weird ghosting effect going on. We're testing out a new recording interface, so if I look weird for a while in and out, that's why. Sorry about that, but it is just affecting me, thankfully, so... That's what's going on with that. Mm, um, before we move on to the news, I do have a quick question for you, Cat. We, we've talked about this at length on the show already, so I can't spend too much time on this. But you and I have had many, many, many passionate conversations about Smash and who gets in before we played so much Smash together. Mm. You know, the dream came true for me. You know how much of a big Sora I'm fan so I am. I happy so happy for you, Ash. <laughs> Thank happy. you thank you. Yeah. But how do you how did you feel though when he was revealed i just you're your completely
1: indifferent
3: i
0: knew it i knew it yep. i knew it that was that was
3: written all over my face I knew no. it. that yep. is that is
2: a uh, definitely a good for you yeah yeah <laughs> good for him gotcha, that gotcha. when That's sora
1: got I... an- when sora got announced like the first thing i thought was oh ash is gonna be so happy he got his boy <laughs> oh
0: yep yep i don't know if you saw my reaction here in the channel but i popped oh. off i oh i bet you must believe... have gone nuts oh i did and i can't believe we didn't get a noise complaint i still can't believe <laughs> that we I... it was seven in the morning and i was screaming <laughs> my head off about uh you know an anime boy getting into into smash brothers but you know yeah no i was very happy like i said i can't spend too much time on it but i did want to confirm at least that you were pretty indifferent i kind of <laughs> i had a feeling you were and i i was thinking about you know it's like she's probably not quite as into this as i am no no but uh But yeah, well, we'll still have to play and and, and get some matches. Good finish,
1: good finish though to the Mm. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate announcements. Like like, okay, that's a good capper, and it felt like it brought it all the way back around. We've spent so much time, you know, speculating over like whether it's going to be Sora was ever going to be able to get into Smash Brothers. So to put Sora in there feels like there's like okay, that's it. We made it. It's the end of a dream. We can move on with our lives now. Maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe until the next one yeah exactly i I saw somebody
2: on resetter is already trying to get like let's do smash brothers six predictions like no (laughs) i need a break no more yeah
0: (laughs) yeah well um no i just i wanted to bring that up really quick because i know how much we obviously both love smash Mm. and played so much together so much Um, i've been playing uh, again
1: recently and i love it so much it's so great
0: mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, same, of course. Well, I never really stop, but yeah. I um, know you don't. Yeah, <laughs> you I never really do. You kick my butt every time. <laughs> <laughs> Not every time. You, you took a few oh, matches no. off me last time we played. Last time I we
1: took played. one match off you the last time we played. And I was like, oh my God, I took a match off Ash. I can stop now. I don't ever have to nice. play
0: again. <laughs> I'm done nice. forever all right well we do uh definitely have some uh, news stories to get to and like i said everybody don't worry we will read out some super (laughs) chats just not all of them but they will all appear on screen so really appreciate your understanding there just so we can keep the show moving but uh let's get that first news story up on screen and it has to do with what else i know you're tired of it i know i'm tired of it The switch 4k (laughs) so let's get that up on screen hey everybody ash here with a little post-production editing uh, normally, this would be where I introduce the first news story, and uh, some of it is still introduced, but unfortunately, our audio dropped out for about 40 seconds during recording uh, due to some technical problems with a new recording interface we were testing out. So just to give you a little bit of a primer, the the, the part of this story, of this introduction that you're missing, has to do with a Nintendo Life article we actually reported on previously about the uh, Nintendo Switch OLED dock actually being 4K-ready, uh, as proven by a teardown. And just as a little update on that, a user by the name of Kalun Drum has done a little more digging and found out that the chip inside the Switch OLED dock is positioned by its own manufacturer, Realtek, as a quote-unquote 4K UHD multimedia SoC. So take that for what you will. Um, but that is the part of the intro that you do miss here in the audio. So I just wanted to make sure you had the full primer before we get back to the show itself, which is going to happen right about now. That sounds to me like it's <laughs> that's pretty much the, the the story is written right there. But on top of all this, uh, our own former TNT guest, Nate the Hate, a.k.a. Nate Drake on Resetera, basically just dropped a bunch of new uh, information that uh you know he's claiming about the switch 4k that is eventually going to come out it, it is a real thing and we've been talking about it forever there's a lot to cover here um but essentially some of the bigger points here is that he's saying it no longer sounds like a switch pro but a switch 2 slash switch 4k uh uh based on you know how the marketing chooses to present this thing uh, but that it might actually be a full-on sequel slash follow-up to the Switch. Uh, 4K will be achieved through DLSS. Um, the developers are working on both exclusives as well as some PlayStation and Xbox ports. Uh, and uh, games are being targeted to be done by late 2022, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's when it would release. Uh, of course, this is all touch-and-go uh, stuff here. But uh, also, um, the big thing here, though, is that data miners have suggested that the Switch 4K... Uh, may not be natively backwards compatible with original Switch games because of hardware differences, but it is suggested that Nintendo has options to pursue backwards compatibility. So there, like I said, there's a lot to go through here. This is our big story of the day. Uh, but Kat, you of course are our guest. So I want to get your take on this first. How are you feeling about the Switch 4K as an overall entity? Do you believe it exists? Do you believe it's coming? Where are you falling on this?
1: Oh yeah, I think that Switch 4K is definitely a thing in some way or another. At least Nintendo has explored the possibilities of it. I mean, we saw the uh, this news story from Bloomberg a few weeks ago where the kits right. went out to the developers who were working on the 4K games and everything. And, of course, Nintendo strenuously uh, denied that that was the case, probably so that they could actually <clears throat> preserve Switch OLED sales. But the, in the back of my head, when I pre-ordered my Switch OLED, and yes, I did buy one. I was thinking to myself, man, I'm such a sucker. They're totally going to release a Switch <laughs> Pro next year because, I mean, you know, the Switch is getting a little on in years and it's about time for Nintendo to kind of update the, properly update the hardware, not just the screen, as much as I enjoy the Switch OLED. And of course, as we all know, the chip shortages and other issues that continue to impact tech make that makes that pretty difficult but I think that one way or another, Nintendo would love to update the hardware, and it makes total sense that if they're taking another step forward with a quote-unquote Switch Pro, that the dock would be ready to support it in some fashion. Now, will it be 2022? Will it be early 2023? I have no idea. Nintendo moves in mysterious ways. <laughs>
0: Pretty yes, much. <laughs> yes, indeed mm-hmm. they do. I mean, so what you what you're saying is Nintendo coming out and denying it. You mean you think they're you think they're lying? They're, they they didn't just say, oh, it's not I happening. Know. so it's not happening. I know, right? Yeah, um, just,
1: who knows? Like, I think yeah. that for the sake of their investors, they sort of wanted to come out and say, nope, nope, it's not true. It's not it's not the case. Uh, I felt like they kind of tossed the reporter under the bus a little bit when they did that. But, oh yeah. Um. I have yeah. no special knowledge or insight into Nintendo's thinking, but when you there's been so much smoke around the notion of a Switch Pro or a Switch 4K that I just feel like there has to be something happening. Just yeah. plans can change as they always have and especially during pandemic times plans are incredibly fluid at any given moment and Nintendo is certainly not immune.
0: Right. Mm. Right, exactly. Um, Steve, as our as our you know resident, obviously tech wizard man, how are you feeling about about the stuff Nate the Hate is talking about in uh, in his kind of expose here?
3: I mean, it all makes sense. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've I've been saying this for what a year now. Um, ...that Nintendo has probably faced the same issues that NVIDIA, their partner who, you know, for the, for the hardware within the uh, Switch, is facing. And that's, that's this massive chip shortage that's been going on. Uh, when the Switch OLED was announced, I was very confident that these were parts that were destined for what we've all been calling the Switch Pro for the last two years. I don't think Nintendo ever uh, intended, until it was too late, to put out just a revision of the Switch with OLED screen and with a redesigned dock, it feels weirdly substantial for what it is. Because when you actually play a Switch Mm. OLED, it it feels like a really big upgrade that's missing that one key component. Um, And I feel that that was what happened here. Nintendo, you know, was working with NVIDIA. They have plans to release a Switch with updated internals. I firmly believe the Switch OLED model was supposed to be that Switch. But the mm-hmm. chip shortages caused it to be difficult to get dev kits out. It caused it to be difficult to source, you know, those, those uh, more powerful internals, but they already had just probably millions of OLED displays, uh, new docks built, and they needed to find a way to clear this stuff out of their warehouse without letting it sit. And thus the Switch yeah. OLED model was born. <clears throat> um, Cause it feels like if I had got this with upgraded internals, it would feel properly next gen. It it sits, you know, it's got similar design language to the PS5. It feels like something new, Uh, which Nintendo, when they revise stuff, they very seldom do it in this big of a way. Um, Right. So, I mean, they did it with the new
1: 3DS just last year. True,
3: true. Um, I feel like, though, when we get the eventual Switch 2 or whatever it's going to be called, that it will look a lot like the OLED model that just came out, just with much more powerful internals and i i firmly believe you know uh if you're going to achieve 4k on a device like the switch dlss is the only way to do it that makes any kind of sense uh i mean the 4k machines we all have under our tvs now are are gigantic in comparison so that should tell you that they have to pull off some kind of technical wizardry to kind of fake their way up to 4k and uh i'm the only thing that surprises me is that nintendo is even thinking of 4k at this point but uh bloomberg (laughs) you know they they said eleven companies. That's a very yeah. specific number of companies working on, uh, Switch stuff. Four, 11 that they could verify, right? And it's not like they right. name dropped everyone. So of course the one they name dropped is going to come out and say, no, of course we're not doing that. We <laughs> yeah. don't we don't want Nintendo angry at us. Uh, so yeah, I I firmly believe that there's you know where there's smoke there's fire. There's a ton of smoke. Uh, we're we're definitely getting a next gen Switch as soon as it is feasible for nintendo to do so and like cat kind of implied i wouldn't be surprised if the switch oled actually ended up delaying that the release of that model further because nintendo doesn't want to say mm-hmm. like oh hey it's been six months uh let's let's release something new again <laughs> uh so i think right. if anything it kind of put a dent in those plans you mean they
2: don't though. want to use the 32x saturn strategy it works so well for
0: sega <laughs> <laughs>
3: they'll just yeah. drop it in stores like <clears throat> random toys S's will have it for like five hundred dollars it'll be fine
0: <laughs> No, for for all the reasons you all have mentioned, that it, it, there it is so obvious to me that this thing is real, whatever it ends up being called. But it but it it does seem so obvious to me that there is a 4K capable Switch model on the way, whenever it actually does come out, uh, and whatever it's actually called. I you know it's there's where there's smoke there's fire, and there's a lot of smoke here, a lot. What I don't under-
1: <laughs> What I don't understand is okay, if you are trying to develop a Switch that has improved internals and everything. Are you not undercutting yourself by putting out a Switch OLED that then everybody goes out and buys, right? Because they're mm-hmm. hungry for a new Switch update, and then a year later you put out the Switch Pro, and how many people would be like, I already bought, just bought a new Switch. I'm not gonna buy a new one. Geez, geez, Nintendo, settle down. Um, the Nintendo <laughs> Switch, as it is, is still selling really well, despite the, you know, just despite the fact that the hardware is getting a little bit long on the tooth. I don't feel like they necessarily had to put out the Switch OLED. Like this thing wasn't truly crying out for a well, like a half step revision. So I'm just trying to get a read on Nintendo's thinking here. Was it just that they're like, well, we went too far already? We got to put something out. I guess we're gonna put this
2: out. Right. I also wonder if it's maybe just a way to keep boosting sales. Because uh, I don't think the Switch is slowing down, but you know, it helps to put out a new piece of hardware and just keep it going. Because it could be a combination of factors. I honestly don't know. It, this story is weird. It, it makes sense why everybody's tired of it because it's such an open secret. We know something's coming. We know there's, you know, it's it's going to happen eventually. We just don't know exactly what form it'll take. And I, I think most people just want to wait and see what it actually is. And that's that's, I mean, I'm looking at this story is the same feeling i get covering nx rumors <laughs> for yeah. a year just <laughs> oh like oh it could have this yeah. it could have this it's like yeah cool i think we have an idea of what's coming or at least there's something coming i'm just wake me up when it's here i don't care yeah
1: classy mud I, I think the, is like a lot of the people who bought the oled would triple dip anyway and you know what guilty mm, i would totally fair. buy another one <laughs> i would too yeah I'm, but I'm, also I'm i am well. i am unique yeah. i'm my, my whole thing is, if Switch puts out a, a version that has a better screen and a better processor and everything, of course I'll buy it. Because I am an inveterate hobbyist. I must have the best version of each platform at all given yeah.
0: times. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, True. To address a question flat posted in our YouTube chat saying, is it even possible to make a 4K handheld? What we're talking about here, we're not talking about the Switch itself having a 4K screen. We're talking about the dock. Uh, and the Switch's internals being upgraded to output 4K in dock mode on a 4K TV or display. We're not necessarily talking about a 4K handheld, uh, I, although that would be really cool. But it would skyrocket the cost too, right? Yeah. Like that would just make that thing incredibly expensive, even more than it's already going to be. I pay um, a
1: thousand bucks for a proper Nintendo
0: Switch. I just bought a Steam Deck for God's sake. Oh God, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nice um I, the the main sticking point that i've seen uh in in nate the hate's report here is of course the concern about there not being native backwards compatibility and i i there there are some people i've seen on resetter saying well this is modern nintendo so the big the one big mistake they can make they're gonna make it doomsday it's not gonna be backwards compatible i choose to believe that nintendo knows what they've gotten here with the switch they know the lightning they struck they know you know they they basically got lightning in a bottle with, with the switch especially after what happened with Wii U it modern nintendo boggle.
1: go ahead people are saying that modern nintendo is self sabotaging we're talking about this is like the most successful nintendo's been since the Wii area era yeah right i'm kind of i'm kind of willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here like this is the most believe. successful and culturally yeah. relevant it has been since at right. least 2007
0: Exactly. I have to believe that they're going to figure something out with regard to backwards compatibility because if they segment their market like that and and the new Switch is not compatible at all with with the the Switch's whole library, I just don't I, I feel like someone at Nintendo knows that's just not tenable. They've got to they've got to figure backwards compatibility out with this thing, especially if they're calling it the Switch. Of course we don't know that. But assuming it is a Switch successor and it's still going to use the Switch branding, there's no way they can get away with having no backwards compatibility with the original Switch. At least in my opinion, I. I but I just that would shock me if if they made such a massive blunder.
2: I mean, Nintendo being to... on top of the world of making blunders is not necessarily true. a, a it's uncommon. True. <laughs> like we, we you, we, I mean, they could uh, Super Nintendo technically Super Nintendo to N64, no matter what
0: you okay, think of that a system. Bummer. Yeah, I that's don't know. Sure, but
1: yeah, I, I think it found... kind of depends okay. on the uh, current CEO president, who you know, by all accounts, is quite, I shall say, practical mm. in his approach. Certainly, to compare to Iwata, rest in peace, who was a, you know, a very visionary guy, like a dreamer, like mm. always thinking in abstract right. and crazy and interesting ideas. The 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 most the elevated hobbyist, as it were. And the the current president is thinking much more in traditional terms, um, such as, you know, transmedia, (laughs) properties, let's leverage our characters to make uh, theme parks, Uh, let's do movies with Chris Pratt, let's, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering if, like, we are going to see Nintendo become maybe a little more conservative going forward in the way that they approach things. Maybe they won't, you know, kind of zig when we're expecting them to zag.
0: Right. right, could be. All, all I know is I'm so looking forward to this thing actually being out and finally having yeah. an official name, and and so all the speculation can stop, and we can just talk about this thing as a known quantity. And but then I we can speculate
1: absolutely. on the next thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends the speculation. AK frame. switch. Yeah, oh, we've, okay. we've been talking oh, right.
1: about
3: the next step for the Switch since the launch of the Switch, since before uh-huh. the launch of the yeah. Switch. So it, it'll never stop. It's
2: the nature of the business. Yeah, unfortunately. that is true. I
0: mean, hey, <laughs> for some folks, Nintendo's still doomed. It, they, they've been doomed since 1996, and they're still doomed. So, you know, sometimes that <laughs> the, the conversation never really changes. I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? True. Um, yeah. All right. Well. I think we said just about everything we can on that. We do have a few more news. Good episode, everybody. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's it. Yeah, see you later. Uh, We do have a few Super Chats, though. Uh, So let's go ahead and read a few of these out. Calamity 513 with $2 saying, my Versus series is done for now. It'll be back soon. Well, good to know. Uh, Thank you for all the Super Chats over the the various episodes, man. We really appreciate it. And those Versus matchups are fun. So looking forward to it. Thank you. Uh Blaze Star 25 with five dollars saying haven't seen you guys live lately because of my schedule at work, but in two weeks I'll be switching over to night shifts and I can catch you guys before work. Well, hell yeah, man. Nice. That is awesome to hear. Nice. Really glad to hear that. And we'll we'll be very happy to have you here live. So thank Indeed. you for letting us know. Uh TB with fifty Danish crones saying, uh new super chat system. That sounds fun. Let's test it out. Yeah, let us know what you think. And that goes for everybody, by the way. Let us know. it, it is an ongoing dialogue, ongoing conversation. We want to make the show as best as we can for all of you and so let us know how you're feeling about this new super chat format the visual format how it looks you know only reading out some of them just just to keep the show moving you know definitely we're listening so please uh you know keep letting us know how you feel about everything with that said uh let's go ahead and move on to our second news before
2: that ash i think we forgot to do something at the at the top of the show
0: uh sponsorship
2: Yeah, did you read out the sponsor? Because I do not remember that.
0: (laughs) There is no sponsor for today's episode.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. It's still marked in the back end, so.
0: No worries. No, no, no. It's okay. There's no way you could have known. But yeah, no sponsor for today's episode. But thank you to everyone who is sponsored, who is currently sponsoring the show, and all of our past sponsors as well. We really love you all. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Now, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which is a Good Vibes update on a story we reported on a few months ago now. So let's get that up on screen. So if you remember correctly, and I think this was another episode I hosted uh, a few months back, uh, Fortnite introduced something called Impostors Mode, which was basically just Among Us. Obviously, it's its own twist on the formula, but it was clearly, clearly directly inspired by Among Us. But Epic made no mention of that. The Fortnite accounts made no mention of that. They didn't credit uh, Among Us at all with with anything really and it was it it felt really kind of squicky and it led to a whole conversation well now i'm happy to report that in uh, the fortnite account's latest update on imposters mode they say straight up imposters mode inspired by the hit at among us game receives an updates in version 18.20 including and i won't get into what it actually includes The, the whole point here is that now they're actually giving among us credit where credit's due and not only that but for the Fortnite account is now teasing an official crossover with Among Us between Fortnite Imposters mode and Among Us. Now, I don't play Fortnite, I don't play Among Us, and I don't play Imposters mode. But I do love the the eventual good vibes that this story arrived at, where the the, the big guys, the juggernaut, did recognize the indie studio whose idea they essentially cribbed for their latest game mode. And I just think this is great that there's a, a, probably gonna be an official crossover between imposters mode and Among Us. Uh Kat, do you have any interest in either of these? And you know, Among Us, Fortnite, do you have any I any love Among Us. the game here? Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played a lot of Among Us
1: during uh COVID times. I mean it's still COVID yes. times, so you you get the idea. We were you know, we were getting yeah. people on Zoom party chats, like people who don't normally play a ton of games were having a great time, lots of laughing, insanity, that kind of thing. Yeah, Among Us was one of my absolute favorite games last year it's just like fortnite to take an idea that (laughs) was done better elsewhere probably i mean they did it with their freaking battle royale mode that's what they're based on is theft yep so i'm not surprised at all that they were like oh this among us thing is quite popular let's just put it in our game and then it's just like fortnite to turn bad pr into a collab Oh, with yeah. the Among us people. and the Among us people are, of course, thrilled because they're like, "Oh, sweet. yeah, yeah we we want to be <laughs> collaborating with Fortnite. Sure. Like this is great PR for us. And Fortnite's yeah. like, we have all the money in the world. We'll just make everything go away by paying for it. Um Fortnite is a game that people play that I don't like. Apologies <laughs> to fortnite players. i I just I just like the i think I just like the culture around Fortnite. Like the thing itself is fine. But to me, Mm -hmm. Fortnite embodies crass commercialism at its absolute worst (laughs) in the video game space. Uh, What do we do when we talk about Fortnite? We're talking about frickin' superhero skins most of the time. Or collaborations with NBA or things like that. It's barely a game anymore. It's just a a rolling commercial at this point. So am I surprised at all that they turned a controversy with the Among Us people into a frickin' social hit? No way! Absolutely yeah. not. This is so on-brand for Fortnite.
0: One, 100% on-brand. And, and, of course, I hope that, that they didn't finally give, you know, among us the recognition it and its team deserves because of peer pressure, because they were basically had people breathing down their neck. I assume that's probably what it was. I can't imagine that it was just, like, out of the goodness of their own hearts, but I'd like to believe that it was. But either way... Whoa. There's no goodness in their yeah. own heart. In yeah. the heart. I know. They,
2: yeah, you cannot look at the lawsuits and one. I was like, we need a win no. after this. Like, yeah, we've gotten into bad PR thanks to these this this lawsuit with Apple. Let's right. Let's, you know. <laughs> exactly. This so, this there yeah, is there's actually, all cynicism when it comes to the to Fortnite yeah. and just their motives. Like they were comparing themselves to 1984. They can.
0: <laughs> yeah no no I, I assume it's because they felt like they had to and because they needed some positive positive press as you said derek but the end result is that among us are getting their props and slops properly. good on them I... for getting paid
2: that is that is a yeah. big takeaway here is good on you among us devs yeah. for good job yeah right right I like that max ethan is
1: like ash is forever the believer in humanity and you know what ash you are <laughs> You know, I, I, I want I your optimism, way, but I'm not always. I, I, you are I, so I, pure of heart; it's wonderful. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I guess maybe that's why I love Sora so much. See, that's what's so, so funny in my exactly. daily life. I'm like, oh, fucking people, man, drive me crazy. <laughs> but I do, I do try to stay optimistic. It doesn't always work, but you know, it's it's more fun to go through life with optimism than pessimism, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, there so, you go. So. I I really, I, I think I just try to be realistic, and sometimes I allow myself to be optimistic, but I don't know. I just, I would rather believe in the inherent goodness of some people out there than just think that everything's shit, you know? Just, Absolutely. it's a more fun. Let's <laughs> more all fun be like lit. Ash. Our, his friends <laughs> is his power. Yeah, I exactly. I, I guess that's why I love Sora so much, and as Jessica the Dragon Maid in our live audience chat says, hey, it worked for Sora, so... Exactly. <laughs> I, I guess it did. So, yeah. Well, uh, cool. Well, let's go ahead and read out a few more Super Chats before we move on to our next story. Um, first is Five Peruvian Soul from the Fa54, who even tells us P-E-N equals Peruvian Soul. Thank you so much, the Fa54. That's so helpful. Saying, uh, I was a bit burned out of Pokemon around 2017 since Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon was almost the same as, as Sun and Moon, but, fully, but I'm fully prepared now to go back to Sinnoh. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like all of us here are as well. And uh, I hope you enjoy your journey back into uh, back into Senno just as go. much as I hope, uh, you know, Cat does. And, and we all do, all of us Pokemon fans.
1: I've been burned out on Pokemon for like 10 years. So uh, <laughs> I totally yeah. understand you. But I keep going back because there's just something about it that pulls Geeks. me up. After I saw Brilliant totally. Diamond, and Shining Pearl, I fired up my copy of Sword and Shield. And I moved a bunch of Pokemon from Pokemon Go over to it. And I'm just like oh it's so good to see all my pals oh my god it's so much fun
0: (laughs) yeah um next is five dollars from late night sprites saying on vacation uh got some stuff including an n64 custom robo import uh chocolate and soft pretzels self-care hype switch pro will be the next new 3ds in my opinion well hell yeah self-care uh, you know, that's that should come first always. You know, take care of yourself, take care of your Absolutely. mental health, and enjoy the chocolate and soft pretzels, man. That's awesome. And the custom robo import version, that's Heck yeah. really cool. Hell yeah. So, thanks. Uh, thank you for the super chat. And finally, uh, $49.99. Wow, from How's the Pie, one of my favorite names to read out in these. Thank <laughs> you so much, How's the Pie, saying, Hey there, recently moved and cut down my commute, some more time to be in the live audience and got a nice raise today thank you for all the work you do well yes. thank you House the you. pie for the incredibly generous super chat and congratulations on your raise that is so awesome and thank you so much for uh you know sharing some of that uh some of those good vibes with us um steve i'm seeing in our patron chat that youtube seems to be taking a massive dump is, is a massive poo working? emoji <laughs> yeah is everything still working on your side Dropped frames, zero. Yeah, okay. all, it all looks
2: oh, fine on my end.
0: I don't know what's going on. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. It looks okay on my end, too. So, okay. Sounds like we're good. Uh, cool. Glad to hear it, everybody. All right. Well, that's all the Super Chats for now. So, let's go ahead and move on to our third new story, which has to do with a series that is, I know is near and dear to both my and Kat's hearts. So, let's get that up on screen.
2: Leaving me out, you son of a... <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, hey. Catch the guest. Catch the guest. She gets, she gets deference, all right? So... Uh, 11 years after its launch, Final Fantasy XIV has gone from having one of the rockiest MMORPG launches of all time to becoming the most profitable game in the entire franchise. And I just, I love this. What a great wonderful success story for final fantasy 14 um now cat we had nadia on just a few days ago actually a few episodes ago and i know she would be screaming from the rooftops right now about this because she's <laughs> such a big ff14 fan but yeah, sure uh, is, yeah. Uh, ff14 director naoki yoshida has revealed that ff14 has now surpassed 24 million players and furthermore that it is the most profitable final fantasy game in this series and this comes from cat's own ign so cat I want to throw this over to you. Uh, I know you're not quite as hardcore about FF14 as Nadia is, but I still think you, you still play 14, correct?
1: No, I do not play Final Fantasy oh, 14 don't. right now. I'm taking a you break. Don't. Oh, I okay. have played have. Final okay. Fantasy 14. I'm
2: got it. trying to find time to play more, but I'm getting there.
1: <laughs> what I'm surprised about is that it's taken this long. To become the most Mm -hmm. profitable game in the series, given the extremely healthy player base and how much money uh, people are paying into that thing. I guess, like, it probably lost so much money at the outset that it took a long time to dig out of that particular hole. Uh, You were mentioning, Nadia, I'm going to take a second to plug my own podcast. Every month we do do a show called Charlene Dropouts with Nadia, Mike Williams, and Victor Hunter where they talk about Final Fantasy XIV exclusively. It's over on Axe of the Blood God. It shows up every month. So go check it out if you're a Final Fantasy XIV fan. Charlie and Dropouts.
0: Hell yeah. And I've been on Axe of the Blood God, by the way, and it is an yes, awesome show to we be part of You did a great Final Fantasy
1: ranking to. with us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, yeah.
0: We ranked all the FF4 characters. It was a we lot of fun. Strong... And we ranked all the games.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had some strong takes about Final Fantasy thirteen
0: versus I always do. I'm always the one with the strong takes about thirteen, thirteen. I always place higher than most people will place it. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, no, I know I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Kat, and you as well, Derek. I have played ff fourteen, but I just haven't had the time to go. I've let my subscription lapse because I haven't had time.
1: My housemate plays a lot of Final Fantasy Fourteen. It's on pretty much every day all the yeah. time. Like he's mm. always playing it because there's a lot to do in that game. There's so much at any given time. Uh, if you're yeah. big into the grind and MMO stuff, like Final Fantasy is for you, but of course it has an amazing story as well. And the difference between Final Fantasy 14 and the World of Warcraft is that Final Fantasy 14 is much more focused on being a game and World of Warcraft is focused on being a service. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a big difference, honestly, because Final Fantasy XIV is like, we put out this big DLC pack, you finish it, you move on, it's okay. Whereas World of Warcraft is like, we are focused on engagement at all costs. Engagement for engagement's sake. And I think that's the difference between Final Fantasy XIV and WoW, honestly. Now, there's one thing that brings me back into Final Fantasy Fourteen and Walker, aside from the fact that they seemingly have the whale airship and they go to the moon, is that they have Stardew Valley stuff. And let me tell you guys, <laughs> if you want to get me into a game, just put Stardew, just say Stardew Valley and I'll be like, hello.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is uh, ingenious how they've found ways to just keep improving this game. It's it's interesting talking to players who've been at it for a long time and Realizing how some of the things that just seem like so smart, such smart additions, took a long time to get implemented. Like flying in the base game um, was a way later upgrade than I than I ever would have thought, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so useful. Um, the the stats on here on IGN is kind of crazy. To me, the fact that it was back in twenty fifteen, only six years ago, there was only four million registered players. And it got to 10 million by 2017, thanks to Stormblood, and then doubled in the, in the rest of the time. Uh, and that's like, I don't know, I, I guess it was Storm uh, um, Shadowbringers that really flipped the switch for a lot of people. And just got people talking mm-hmm. way more because I know I didn't. I kind of forgot about Final Fantasy XIV until the Shadowbringers presentation at E3, where they also showed off the the gameplay of Final Fantasy 7 remake. And all of a sudden, I had all my the, these friends on my Twitter just losing their minds over the stuff showing on there. I was like, "Okay, what is going on in here?" And then they, it's released, and everybody's like, "This is the one of the best Final Fantasy stories ever." I'm like, "Okay, what is happening?" It, it's it it's. That positive word of mouth that I think is what's helped this game for so long, and as long as along with the fact that it's just so gameplay focused, as Kat said,
0: right. I I mean, my issue is that I had a I had a month subscription and I enjoyed it. I played it on PS five, and I'd like to go back to it. But in that month, I only got to level eight in my starting area. And as I understand it, there's just a bit more to do in the game than just get to level eight. And that took me a month of, of like the usual free time I had to play that game. And so I just feel like. I would I would probably die of old age before I actually got through all the expansions. And but <laughs> but it also hurts at the same time because I am a hardcore Final Fantasy fan and I know how much love there is for all the different games in the series, so much music, so many rearrangements, so much fan service. And I want to experience all that, but I just have to be honest with myself. I just don't have time for an MMO. But if I did, yeah. it would be it would be FF 14 straight up. The thing
1: that's frustrating is that a Realm Reborn is definitely the weakest content. Out of all of them, Mm -hmm. and that one takes a while to get through, and so it's easy to burn out and be like, "I'm not, I'm not into it." Before you get to Heaven's Word, but then when you get to Heaven's Word, it really picks up a lot. Right. So, and honestly, I think it maybe does a disservice to FF14 to think of it in MMO terms because when I think of MMO terms, I think of you know uh, New World, a game where you're just doing a huge amount of grinding all the time, right, or just collectathons. Final Fantasy 14 is much closer to a traditional RPG than a lot of sure. that. Like you can really enjoy FF 14 pretty well just on your lonesome. There's tons of extra content. There's Stardew Valley stuff as well. <laughs> but as a kind of a if you enjoy it on the, in the terms of a traditional RPG, you can have a blast. It's just every single expansion is basically a new game in the series.
2: Yeah. Right. I uh I, I've heard it compared to Xenoblade in a lot of ways uh, and how it's sort of treated, uh, how it sort of treats all, uh, a lot of the story elements and just the combat and whatnot. So if you're into Xenoblade, you might like Final Fantasy XIV. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, possibly. And, and just in case there is any any room for doubt, all of this obviously means that FF fourteen is going to be alive and healthy for a long time to come uh yoshida was saying not on on the back of saying it's the most profitable game in the series he also said it's perhaps unbecoming of me to say but in terms of our business we've been able to achieve great success moving forward we're going to spare no expense with our investments to ensure that this game continues to be one which our players can enjoy and they're already talking about the next 10 years of the game so wow that's wild. these games never stop they just keep going (laughs) it is
1: oh my god it is
0: wild to think that they're talking about the next decade of FF14 but yeah during a a recent presentation about it Yoshida spoke about the next 10 years and thanked the player base for sticking with the game that comes also courtesy of the IGN article and uh, yeah I mean it's it's this is cool in a vacuum but it is so cool when you consider how FF14 began and just it's oh
2: even if you don't care about Final Fantasy 14 launch there's some documentaries out there about 14's disastrous launch mm -hmm. and how they recovered and what Yoshida did that are downright fascinating yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I remember the original media tour when FF14, when Square was pushing A Realm Reborn and interviewing Yoshida while this was happening. And he was making the pitch to journalists saying, I know MMOs. I know Final Fantasy. I'm not going to let a Final Fantasy MMO die. I am bringing everything I need to know into this game. What's funny is, like, I was just comparing it, you know, kind of uh, uncharitably to WoW and saying, and kind mm-hmm. of dumping a little bit on WoW in favor of FF14. Yoshida said actually, "Look, if not for WoW, Final Fantasy 14 would not be a thing that it is today. Like, uh-huh. we took mm-hmm. so much from WoW. We learned yeah. so much from WoW. I am a huge WoW fan." Uh Yoshida said in a not too recent video or a pretty recent video actually. So, but yeah, it's it, it is funny to look back on that period when they were doing the media tour and trying to be like, "No, no, FF14" We're going right. to make it good, and everybody's like, "Yeah, right.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, whatever." Right.
2: I remember that original demo; it was rough. <laughs> uh huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still remember when yeah when it first came out, and it was just it was such a disastrous launch. And but how how they also very smartly were able to weave that into the story for the relaunch, and kind of weave it into the game's lore. It was very clever the way they did it, and clearly all their hard work has paid off. Uh, you know, eleven years later, it's incredible to see just the incredible success story it's become. So hats off to you, Yoshida and, and team and FF14 for uh, all the success. Uh, before we move on to the next news story, though, I have a piece of breaking news. Uh, one of our beloved producers, Helen Cannon, during the show just a few minutes ago, upgraded to uh, the executive producer, stu- producer tier, making nice. Helen our newest member of the EP squad. Helen, welcome and thank you so much for joining the EP squad. And look forward to our first uh, EP community stream of the month this Saturday. So we're uh, you'll get to hang out with us almost right away and play some games. It's going to be a blast. So thank you so much. And yeah, uh, and just to remind everybody, we play uh, games with our all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above twice a month. So if you're curious about that, head on over to our Patreon. I'm at curious. I want to play too. <laughs> I like video well, games. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> you, uh, Yo, know, as as a TNT guest, you you are an on, honorary member always, Cat. So if you want to play with Hooray. us, and I do believe we're gonna be playing Among Us this time. I think we're gonna be playing Ooh. Among Us and Jackbox Party Pack 8. So if that I'm interests. I'm sure you play you,
2: Among Us when I'm not Sounds I'm not quite here. sus. I look
0: forward to it. <laughs> I know. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested, I'll I'll, I'll just reach have out to you say the I'm
1: the worst imposter ever. I have zero chill when I'm playing <laughs> Among Us. Like people am... will be like, like I get caught. Like, I'll just pop out of the vent, and people are like, cat popped out of the vent, and I'll be like, uh. Or, like, we'll be in the middle of a meeting, and people will be like, why is Kat just sitting there smiling? And I'm like, I'm not smiling. And they're like, she's the imposter. I'm like, God,
0: damn. <laughs> I am, you say you're the worst imposter. I, I am the worst Among Us player in gener- in general. I'm just not good at social deduction games, period. And I just, I don't really have a lot of affinity for Among Us. So, as bad as you might say you are, I have a feeling I'm even worse. I'm just saying. Oh, thank I, you. Ash. I, I, I have a feeling. Yeah, but of no. You always say I'm not
1: actually that good at Smash, and
0: then like proceed no, no, to no. Just completely I don't say that. Me. I say no. I say you're not that bad. I, I say you. You always talk about how bad you are at Smash, and I'm like no, give yourself more credit. I just play a lot more than you do. But I just say that you're not as bad as you say you are, and I firmly believe that. You did take a few games off me when we hung out recently. Don't forget. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, uh, this, this Saturday we'll be playing Among Us and Jackbox Cat. I'll be happy to reach out to you with more info about that if you'd like to join us. Thank you very much. All right. Well, before we move on, we'd have one super chat from, uh, Stefan de, I'm so sorry. I'm going to totally butcher this. Stefan de Lent Wouters, I think. Wow. Wilders. Wouters, okay, cool. Stefan de Lint Wouters saying, uh, well, with five euro, thank you so much, asking, looking to get into FF14 on PC, would you recommend the Windows version through the Square Enix website or the Steam version? Uh, I'm going to uh, plead the fifth because I'm on a Mac. I was playing on PS5, so anybody else want to weigh in on this? Steam. I, I guess
2: I got it through the Square Enix website. Works fine for me.
1: So. I wouldn't get it through Steam. I've heard there's some problems with the Steam version. Yeah. I would just get it through the Square Enix uh, website.
2: It felt okay. like there was no need to go through Steam, honestly, just because yeah. I'm going to be using MoogleNet for everything else.
1: It's natural to go through Steam because I think people are just used to doing that. But um, I would look into it honestly because mm. there are differences. From what I'm able to understand, I have the um, I have the version from the Square Enix store, and I haven't had any problems with it.
2: Yeah, same here.
0: Okay, cool. Well, there you go. There's your uh, your answer, Stefan. And uh, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to... There's our one more. News. Oh, I was going to hit it after, but we can do it now. One second, let me read. Oh,
2: I figured my... we squeeze in two since we're, you know... All right, let
0: all right. me Jacob Tucker.
2: Jacob here. Tucker with $5 donation, okay. thank you so much, saying, I'll be getting my new computer tomorrow and I plan to stream art and games with it. Hope it goes well and I can be influential through my work. Hey, you'll build up that audience and uh it just takes time. So I think totally possible. That is not an impossible yeah. task and I... Wish you all the best.
0: Yeah, and enjoy your new computer, man. That's awesome. Congratulations. And uh, we have had a couple more Super Chats come in, but we'll, we'll go ahead and tackle those after the next news story. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to our fourth story, which is kind of, a, in a way, a sequel to a story we reported on on Monday. So let's give that up on screen. <laughs> so on Monday, we talked about how Metroid Dread is off to a strong sales start in the UK, and it turns out the same is, is pretty true of the Nintendo Switch OLED model uh especially compared to the Switch Lite. So the Switch Lite uh and this comes from gamesindustry.biz uh comfortably outperformed the launch week of the Switch Lite in 2019 uh which ranked back then as the 57th 57th biggest week for the Switch. Uh and games industry talks about how the Switch Lite was a slow burner for Nintendo and only represents about 20% of total Switch sales since it launched in September 2019. Uh sorry, in, in 2019. But the OLED OLED version, in comparison, accounted for 70% of all Switch sales just last week. Um, And yeah, so the the Switch OLED model is currently off to a pretty strong start in the UK. It's not quite as overwhelming as what we saw with Metroid Dread, of course, uh, when we talked about that on Monday. But it's a bit different. This is hardware versus software. Um, But... You know, speaking to you about it, Steve, I know you are a big fan of this thing. You've been trying to sell me on one, even though I don't play on handheld mode that much. You've been whispering in my ear, like, just spend the money. Just do it. You know, you want it. And I got to say, this thing's looking sexier and sexier by the minute. And uh, this is just, you know, one more reason to assume that maybe Nintendo really is in no rush to, to announce whatever the next 4K enabled model of the Switch is. But uh, yeah, I don't think we probably have too much to say about this. But in general, last week was the 14th biggest week for Switch console sales in the UK since the original Switch's launch in 2017. So, so Switch OLED Switch LEDs, is yeah. pretty popular little system. So, Who
1: yeah. would have
2: guessed? We've never seen I, that before. <laughs>
1: I, I'm really curious to see what Metroid dreads sales end up being
2: because mm-hmm.
1: it's been getting a lot of positive word of mouth. Honestly, way more than I ever anticipated because when I was seeing this um, when I was seeing Metroid Dread in previews and everything in the trailers like we weren't getting a huge amount of interest on, uh, on it over at IGN and that kind of thing. And I was kind of going oh, it looks like Metroid Dread, it, it's going to be like a lot like Samus Returns but on the Switch I'm kind of concerned that it's going to be kind of a lower budget type Metroid and I just don't see a situation where it can hit that hard, where it can be the marquee game. And instead people are like, no, not only is it really good, it is like one of the best games in the series, if not the best. And I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and I've been playing Metroid Dread and I have been having a blast. It is Me a fun yes. game. It is oh, yes. so tightly tuned. Like the way really Samus is. moves and everything, oh, it's wonderful, and it looks beautiful on that Switch OLED screen. The colors oh. just see—that's one pop. thing that makes
2: me tempted. I, like, I don't have a Switch OLED, mm-hmm. I don't plan on getting a Switch OLED, but man, I'd like to see a Metroid running on a Switch OLED. It
1: looks so much better on the Switch OLED than like than it does on a TV, oh, wow. on a yep. LCD screen. It looks phenomenal, and. Yeah, no, I, I haven't had a lot of time to play video games this week because I've been so busy, but I do plan to play a lot of Metroid Dread tomorrow. It's going to be great. So if nice. you haven't picked it up, I strongly recommend it. It's Absolutely. amazing.
0: It is really, really fantastic. I just tweeted last night. I got to play a good chunk last night, fortunately. I'm still working my way through the game. No spoilers, of course. We're not spoiling anything. Don't worry. Uh, but I did tweet out about how incredible all the movement tech in in dread is just just making your way through the world from point a to point b and just controlling samus feels so smooth and so good just all the little movement tech and it's just it is incredible just the movement in that game alone and i've now gotten i've been able to kind of like mini sequence break twice i'm not even a sequence breaker but i've now been able to get two uh expansions for items i don't have yet and so it says, oh, yeah, like, even the game even says, like, oh, you picked up a re- you know, uh, you don't have this resource yet. You can't use this yet. And I'm like, oh, cool. Listen, I, I basically did that by doing some creative shine sparking. But the fact that the game is built for that and they, they know that people are going to try to do that and people can do that. I mean, we reported on Monday about how there's a whole special cutscene for a certain boss uh, if you pick up a power up that you're not supposed to have when you generally supposed to have when you fight that boss. It's so cool. And uh, this game mm-hmm. is just wonderful. Um, and on that note, we do have a super chat from Jared Helder for two, two Canadian dollars uh, asking, could we get a quick take from Kat on Dread? Which you basically already just got one, but Kat, <laughs> was there anything else you wanted to add about Dread? I am really... Okay, difficulty discourse. So okay.
2: That is, that is going to be the back. major discord. This spoiler course.
0: free, though, of course. Let's keep it all spoiler free.
1: I... I am okay with challenging games, but Same. also I am okay with accessibility options, but I don't I don't mind that this Metroid Super challenging. I think it is really cool to be playing a super challenging 2D game that has, you know, just the, such tight controls, right? When they mm-hmm. give me the like fighting that first boss, the scorpion guy is just old school stuff. I love it. I, mm. I really, really enjoy it. So, I, uh, yeah. yeah. No, like, so I reviewed Samus Returns, and I was pretty high in Samus Returns when it came up, but in, in hindsight, I kind of soured on it, because I felt like it overstated its welcome in a lot of ways, and started to get mm. kind of repetitive and everything. That's why I was kind of like, feeling hesitant going into Metroid Dread, because I was like, oh, you know, Mercury Stream, I don't know. Are they going to learn the lessons from Uh, Metroid Samus Returns? And the answer seemingly is yes. They did learn their lessons with Metroid Dread. Which is funny Uh, because there is this this discourse around it being $60 and it's only like 8 hours, right? It's like, when a game is that tight and that good and looks so good on the Switch OLED, I'm okay with it. It's great. So many people say
2: they jumped right back into the game as soon as they beat it. Yeah. Like, like, Let's be honest, the rewards for beating it on a hard mode or doing the fast times are okay at best, but it's just the, it's just the experience. It's you wanting yeah. to play it just because it's that fun. The moment to
0: moment gameplay feels I, so good.
2: And I do oh, yeah. wonder about the, di- yeah, the difficulty curve, but I've seen so many comments, especially on my review that I posted today, uh, where people have said with like, usually I'm not into hard games, but I gave dread a shot and I love it. And I think, it, I, think Metroid
1: Dread, I think Metroid Dread, uh, this is kind of a simple way to put it, but, you know, a lot of people praise Dark Souls. Yes, uh, like, turn on the klaxon. I'm using uh-huh. Dark Souls comparison. A lot of people will say Dark Souls is a hard but fair action game. A mm-hmm. game that, like, if you really figure out its individual systems and everything, you can be very successful. And it really feels like it's being cheap. And I would say right. that, at least so far, Metroid Tread follows under much the same category. I can't think of many instances, and, you know, I've been playing for a bit, um, where you go, screw this game. You know, <laughs> like, most of the time, so far, I've been like, "Yeah, I just feel so good in the moment-to-moment gameplay. long may it continue. I hope, uh, I hope it continues to be that way as I get further and further into the game. I
0: think it will. Well, I'm so glad I'm not the only one here that hasn't finished it because I, I thought for a second I, that I would be. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not yeah. the only Steve one. Steve and I, I have to I'm keep okay, our mouths it. shut. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you want to feel
3: bad, Ash, I finished it again today. So well, I, Thanks. I already felt bad. I, now I feel
2: worse. So I, I'm thank working. You for that. I am one item away from 100% just working on the dang shine spark stuff I have to do for, in order to get that one. Oh, yeah. Up, up, I, expansion. Some of those that's shine spark the, puzzles. That's are the difficult really part intense. for me is like, my God, the Shine Spark stuff can be uh, rough, uh tough. It's going to be uh,
1: amazing yeah. if it ends up getting game of the year like from a lot of places. Like people are like that high on it. Wow. Like
2: it's mine.
0: Yeah. That would be <laughs> yeah. really cool if it did cuz it like it you know for for lack of a better term at least for award shows like the game awards. And I have said this before about other games. Oh, I think Death Dread Loop, isn't typically the kind of game that would win. I think it'll the be Deathloop
1: that cleans up at the major awards You
2: think show. I feel like the yeah. discourse around Deathloop is well died <laughs> it fell
1: off it fell off a like little bit like it
2: got some good good oh. um word of mouth when it first came out surprising everybody but then kind but of when we survey faded.
1: like the entirety of the year i feel like deathloop is probably going to Fair. float to the surface but metroid dread has a shot at being in the mix which is not something i would have ever expected no. when i was initially previewing like i figured it would be you know no offense or anything but like a you know, like a lower tier Nintendo game, like the second tier kind of Nintendo release, something that wouldn't excite people as much, and instead, completely
0: the opposite.
2: Now, yeah, now I'm seeing the discourse right. like, oh God, can Prime 4 live up to this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it is it is wonderful to think that, you know, as you said, Kat, Metroid hasn't hasn't typically gotten really the recognition and the respect that it has always deserved, particularly in Japan, and it's... So nice to see that Dread has just shot out of the gate with impressive sales right from the start. And it's really putting, I, it feels weird to say putting Metroid on the map because Metroid should always be on the map. It should never have been considered to be off. Of it, it invented but, a genre. Exactly. But it's really mm-hmm. kind of re putting Metroid on the map for a lot of people. And uh, I read today, uh, earlier today, and I didn't make it a news story, but I read earlier today that apparently uh, sales of Metroid games on Wii U and 3DS. Have searched in the wake of Metroid Dread's release, like you know the the Virtual Console ports of games like Metroid. Man, yeah, a M-
2: Metroid collection would be a really good idea,
0: <laughs> wouldn't it? Though, wouldn't it though? Yeah, or at least really the original would. Metroid Prime remaster. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um all right well before before we move on to our last news story we do have a couple more super chats first uh 50 Mex- mexican pesos from moon ghost doodles saying with ultimate's dlc done it'd be great to see you do some nickelodeon all-star brawl dlc predictions if you guys want to of course you got sora so hope you get rocco ash well thank you moon ghost doodles is rocco um, not in
1: nickelodeon all brawl not in it no. no he's not are there
0: no rocco modern life characters no rocco characters i it, it hurts my soul the... i'm like <laughs> wow like the my disrespect to Yeah. The disrespect
1: <laughs> yeah. to the finest show that has ever appeared on Nickelodeon you are speaking ever. my language this this, Kat, show, is this my game classic Nicktoon. this game is not valid until <laughs> a character not valid, it up. needs to be heifer or filbert or Rocco one mm-hmm. of Mr Bighead one of them has <laughs> to Mr. be in head. this game. What yeah. are you thinking? Oh my! That was
2: surprisingly good. If you good. haven't,
1: if you haven't watched *Rocco's oh, Modern you. Life*, go watch it. It is yes. like the most incredible surrealist comedy, um, slice of life comedy. It is so insanely yep. wonderful, and it holds up. Like you can tell that the creator of that show is going through some existential horror and pain (laughs) when he was making that show it holds it's one of the very small handful of nicktoons that i think holds up just as well for adults as it did uh for kids so come on nickelodeon all-stars brawl (laughs) i know you freaking freaking leonardo in but not Rocco. (laughs) wait <laughs> wait 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 wait!
0: you don't have to you don't have to hate on tmnt while okay also fair rocco. i do Come i on. do love i do love tmnt thank you thank you i was like wait a minute why not both yeah, yeah. why not both um no I, I was i've been saying in the lead up to the to the release of this game the whole time i've been hoping rocco would be revealed and he just never did but uh the, his name references to him were recently data mined in in uh you know the game's data so he may be on the way, let's hope. Is
1: Quail Man in it?
0: <laughs> uh, no Doug characters, I think because of the Disney What? Uh... I think you I blame Disney for that one. But hey, if-, if, if What about if Salute Your presented... Shorts? Oh my God. <laughs> I think they hey said dude, they, they wouldn't have any live action ones.
2: There. The live action ones, yeah. like I wanted an aggro crag stage.
1: There you go. See, I'm showing Isn't my it... age by talking about the particular Nicktoons that were uh, that were like relevant to me. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, yeah oh, Nickelodeon All Star. Now yeah.
2: we're talking.
0: Yeah, it, isn't it weird to think that Doug Funny is if if you think about it, Doug Funny is the Sora, I guess, of Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. No, he's, no, I mean, I guess no, he is very in the pure. sense that he's like owned by Disney. Disney. Owned by Disney essentially. That's all I mean. Oh, like Bun, you know, Pete, and Pete, yeah. Pete, yeah. And
1: Pete, gotta get in there. They put the wild yeah. thornberries. They put Nigel Thornberry in there, but not freaking Rocco. Give me a
0: freaking break.
1: <laughs> oh. I know. I
0: agree. Rocco better be on the way. Um, but to get back to your question, Moon Ghost Doodles, I am going to predict, and we're not going to do a whole discussion right now, of course, but I do predict Rocco will make it in eventually. And I'm also going to say that I predict that uh, the story we reported on last week uh, about the data mine is real. I do think that Garfield and Shredder are going to be the first two post launch characters. I oh know. And Shredder. <laughs> can you oh. think of any other context that you could say those two characters together? Gar- Garfield and Shredder.
1: Garfield is a very do it for the memes type selection. Oh, it, would God, yeah. Like, yeah. it would be like yeah. if Sakurai had chosen Chaos and gone with Waluigi as his final DLC character. That's what putting
0: Garfield in Nickelodeon All Star Brawl is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah but we did we did talk about that uh, data mine last week uh, in an episode about how that data mine pointed to the likely the first two post-launch characters and i do think those two are going to end up being it but uh we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um it's and we are going to play nickelodeon all-star brawl with all of our patrons in one of our ep streams later this month as well so that should be a lot of fun um okay one more super chat before we move on to the final news story uh, $10 from Ecto Coolest. I love that name. That's a good one. <laughs> Saying, given the tougher difficulty level of Dread, would you all prefer it if Prime 4 offers a similar level of challenge? Sure. I think as long as, as you can get right back into the game after each death, the, and I think Dread excels at that, Like dying doesn't feel so much like a punishment. It's just like you learn and you get better, but you get back yeah. into the game so quickly. As long that's as that happens, thing. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, Ash. Like In Dark Souls one of the things that was annoying about dying was that the run back to the boss battle was so annoying. Whereas right. I feel like difficulty has become more and more refined in recent years. I mean, just people mm-hmm. are bringing up Celeste, a game where there is no death penalty. Like, it's just increasingly people are like, oh, don't bother with the death penalty. It's just figuring out an individual challenge, which can be extremely rough. Like, that is the thing. So I think that uh, Metroid Dread does a great job of that with its very very generous uh <laughs> respawn points which honestly yeah. I appreciate. So as Same. long as Metroid Prime 4 does the difficulty well, great. I don't
0: mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean yeah. and Prime and the Prime series has already kind of done a version of this where you know, whereas Prime 2 came out and was a significant step up in difficulty from Prime 1, not on the level of dread of course, but Prime has kind of treaded these waters before where you know they established their difficulty level in the first game and then the sequel came out and it was way harder so it, it wouldn't be the first time that the, the the prime series' difficulty has gone up from game to game but then again it went back down in prime three so who knows what's gonna happen all right we do have one more news story today and this one is what i like to call the ashy p special i picked this one because uh I'm pretty Only hyped you about care. this. Po- possibly. <laughs> you know what? I think this will reach more than 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 the usual audience for this one because of the nature of what we're talking about. So let's get that up on screen. We'll see if people agree. So we've uh, had a few news stories from proto Rockman Corner over the months about Rockman X-Dive, which is now out on mobile in the U.S. as Mega Man X-Dive. Um, but now a new data mine has hinted that there could be a Switch version on the way, which is the first time I've actually really cared a lot about this game because i want to play it on console i said that i said that before and what's really interesting about this is that uh the, the new story at Protodude's rockman corner basically points out that we found out about the steam version in much the same way the steam the the existence of the steam version which is now out not in every territory but it's now out was originally found out from data mining the mobile version and so now this latest data mine is pointing toward a switch version now who knows when this is actually when this could actually arrive? It may be six months off or more. But if you go by the by the fact that the Steam version ended up being real, the Switch version may also end up being real. And my only hope is that if it is, it comes out in every territory because we still don't have the Steam version uh, anywhere except in certain Asian territories, I, I believe so far. So um, I wanted to talk about this a little bit only because. Putting a Mega Man X game on console, even if it is mobile, gotcha. It's still on console, and that I think opens up its potential audience a lot more. um Cat, have you? Have you? I assume you haven't played Mega Man X Dive on mobile, right? What is it? <laughs> it's, it's basically it's basically a mobile gotcha version of Mega Man X. It's how it's does exactly that work? What You think it so, is? Okay, because yeah, you can buy characters, and there's, there's characters. a lot of fan service. Yeah. Lot of and you're going service.
1: through you're going through levels like a Rockman game, but with Gacha it, characters.
2: Yeah, yeah, except it's a lot easier oh, yeah. because of the mobile controls and that's touch true. controls. Exactly. So, I, I that's my th- worries. Like, yeah, it'll play better on the Switch. It may be more accessible on the Twi- Switch for people who don't play mobile, but it's gonna be so brain dead easy. I feel. Uh, yeah,
0: I have a feeling they're not gonna retune it for for console. If, if this is correct. real, I doubt they'd retune it. Are um, you into it, Josh? Is is this a game that you like? Not, Now, I mean, I like the idea of it, and I like all the fan service. Like you, you know, there are Uh characters from all the different Mega Man series together in one game, and that's pretty cool. Mm. But I I hate playing platformers on my phone, and I just I don't really enjoy playing playing games on my phone all that much. Mm. Um, If the Steam version ever came (laughs) out here, and I'm on a PC by then, and or it's Mac compatible, I'd check it out on Steam. But it really would have to come out on a console for me to really get any sort of excited about it. And to be clear. This is not a stand-in for a potential Mega Man X Nine or anything—not even close. But it would be nice to have a console playable version of this game, just in general. I think
1: it's a real and... Monkey Paw game, isn't it? It's like I want a new Rockman <laughs> X on <laughs> yeah. Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And the are, are you af- are you afraid
0: of the darks? Monkey Paw goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is. You know, it is what it is. I know, uh, Derek. You were you were kind of. I think you hit hit on something even if the game does come to switch, I don't think it's going to be retuned to difficulty wise. So it probably will become fairly easy. The, uh, the fun
2: that of that game will be getting the new items and getting the other characters. Cause there are some fun choices in there. Yeah. Um, for Mega Man fans. I mean, they have evil vulnut, So yeah, that's fun. Volnut. Which, yeah.
0: which I mean, Steve, as much as I know you're not into Mega Man X dive, I, which I think most people aren't, that's fair. It did bring us that new official art of Bad Mega Man Trigger, which was really that's, cool. That's
3: true. I, I was going to mention, though, Ash, I feel like you're honor-bound to play this game on Switch, no matter how good or bad it is. This is like <laughs> the seventh you're totally time right. we've yeah. covered this game on this show. I <laughs> oh, know. You're totally right. Ash
2: brings it up every chance he can get, even though he does not care about the game in general sense. It's just an excuse <laughs> to talk about Mega Man. That's all well, this it's... is.
0: To be fair, though, I I actually wouldn't have I wouldn't have brought this up again if if it wasn't about a potential console version. Uh, The the reason I did and I actually I I put this as the last story because I figured there would be something more important to talk about. But other than the the ongoing stuff between Epic and Apple and now Google and the Activision Blizzard stuff, I, I realized like the last three or four episodes, I've had a legal news story. <laughs> on my show, like three weeks in a row, and I just didn't want to talk about that again. It's so boring. So it's I really storm
2: eagle, not legal eagle,
0: exactly. So I just wanted to do something a bit more fun. I, I figured this would be a little more interesting oh, than ash just talking. Top about... dog
1: has a bunch of Mega Man questions for you. Okay, Ooh, number one.
0: Oh,
1: are the Mega Man games
0: hard? Depends. Uh, yes. If you're not if you're not used oh. to them, yes, they are.
1: Number two. How many Mega Man games are there? Over one hundred. <laughs>
0: whoa really if i'm talking about every port every series every like every single game across every like sub series yes classic x zero the game boy games wow all of it yeah number
1: three are the mega man legends games on the switch
0: no oh, but that one be. was just
3: designed to really hurt ash. Ash. there he, are 29 yeah. Yeah. Mega Man games like a number four
1: Mega Man am i
0: annoying wow. number five should i stop asking questions <laughs> number six why did the chicken cross the road you are not annoying you should uh you should not stop asking questions and keep your mouth shut we love you and the chicken crossed the road to play Mega Man x dive on switch there so you go
1: ash i have to take you to our local <laughs> retro shop here in alameda it's called experience share it had a Sega Saturn kiosk with Mega Man 8. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. That's
0: really cool. Oh, so man. there you go.
1: There's your Mega Man deep poll for this episode. Yeah.
0: And Steve, I think that number is, is is maybe just Mega Man classic games because off the top of my head, I can count to almost 20 just Mega Man classic games by themselves without even getting into X, Zero, Good Arcade God. Games, ZX. <laughs> 12 12 it's ridiculous and you look into it. Original games to begin with. let mm-hmm. Let's see. So Sorry? Uh, the
3: the explanation broken down for me is 11 mainline Mega Mans. Yeah, 1 through mm-hmm. 11. Eight more about Mega 12? Man X games. No,
1: there
0: was not a 12. There was Well 12. Well, Mega uh, Man 12, and
3: Base, yeah. so there's 12. Mega oh, uh, yeah, Man sure and 12, base, but, there but there
0: are true. also five more you know, Game Boy games, the Rockman World games, there's the Game Gear game. There. Oh, the uh, I think DOS they're sports. counting just
3: console games, maybe. They like, probably, uh, from probably. Console games, because, yeah, everything yeah. mentioned four from the Mega Man Legends series. Never mind, I don't count this list at all. <laughs> <There's four laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now. It's what the hell, Unless they're
2: counting, like, the remake that was on <laughs> PSP in Japan only. Which I do. There you
3: go. Uh-huh. Oh, and there was
0: Mega Man 64, which is technically a. Legend. Oh yeah, we well, no, Mega Man 64. So yeah, there There's four. That's my hope. that's that's my hope. Is that's the roundabout way we get at least one Legends game on Switch. Is that Mega Man 64 comes to N64 Online that would later be cool. down the road, and we that would be pretty cool. It's a lesser um, version,
2: but it's still a version. It is.
0: I have the, it the true answer to this question is not enough. There are not enough Mega Man games. That's. That is the true answer. So, anyway, Fight for everlasting to...
1: Mega Man games, exactly. pretty much.
0: Uh, but I agree with you, Steve. I I am honor bound to play the Switch version if, if it ever materializes. And you wouldn't have to ask me twice; I'd be happy to play the Switch version. I just want to, it, for all of its failings, and as much as I don't care about it in a vacuum, I would love to play this game on Switch with a proper controller, not on my phone. Even with my a controller connected to my phone, now, man, I just want to play it on a console. So I'm, I'm we'll see what forward happens
3: to your take on that. <laughs> I, I oh, want to yeah, see I, if it can, I want to see if it can break your eternal optimism. Just,
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not expecting to... anything big from it. I've, I've played the game enough on mobile and I've watched enough coverage of it that I know what I'm getting into. It's not, like I said, this is in no way even close to a stand in for a proper Mega Man X nine or it, it's not even close. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but, Someday um, Capcom. Someday. Yeah, someday, someday they'll stop being mad at
3: Inafune and they'll, they'll release a, another Mega Man
0: game. They'll it's like so weird. 11 was minute, supposed to be that resurgence. Who knows? Who knows? We do know from that Capcom data giga leak, though, that there is a game coming called Rockman Tyson. We don't know what it is, but it's coming. And they're making it. So... We'll find out and we'll talk about it on this show. I guarantee you when we do find out what it is. But with that said, we have reached the end of the show. We do have one more super chat from purity chalice uh, for $4.99. Thank you so much saying I watched the Metroid review today and really liked it. However, how did lower Brinstar not be a standout track? That song slaps during that scene. That sounds like a question for you, Derek.
2: Oh, it's good. It's but- I mean, there's the thing I'm so I, I, there's a reason I couldn't remember it. Cause I'm just zoned in like the music's there, but it's like, I think back it's like uh, I can't remember, but that happens to me with a lot, a lot with music. A game has to yeah. really st- like stand out or like have lulls, but Dread doesn't have lulls and just going from room to room to room and keeping moving. And it's like I'll probably recognize it more in my second playthrough, but yeah, I mean, it's, I didn't say the music was bad. It's just none of them jumped out at me. It's like, oh my god, it's so good. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. I, I mean, to be fair, I haven't even finished Dread, and I would say, as someone who obviously loves and is obsessed with the the music side of video games, not a whole lot of the music has really stood out to me as well. Certain specific scenes, yes, but mm-hmm. in general, I would I would say the music is is the least memorable aspect of the game for me so far. And for me to say that, that's pretty big because I'm you know all about video game music. So I agree mm-hmm. with you, Derek. I see where you're coming from um all right well that does actually bring us to the true end of episode 146 thank you all so much for your generous super chats we love you all uh but as always before we head out cat can you please tell our amazing audience where on the internet they can find you
1: you can find me in many places you can find me on my podcast acts of the blood god a rpg podcast if you like gvg you'll probably like acts of the blood god we have a good vibe over there we just had ray <laughs> chase on our own Patreon level. He did Noctis and Elfin from Tales of Arise and also the new Gendo in the Evangelion redub. It was a very fun conversation. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Kappa. My day job is over at IGN. And I'm a regular contributor slash co-host, I guess, over at Nintendo Voice Chat.
0: Nice. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show again, Kat. You know we love you. You are a best friend of the channel. You're one of my best friends. And we love you. You're always welcome back. (laughs)
1: Thank you time. so much. Love you too, Ash.
0: <laughs> well, I'm very, very <laughs> lucky. And before we uh, we uh, head out, we did just get one more super chat last minute. Five dollars from K9 Biscuits <clears throat> saying, "I'm I'm willing to bet a Crash Bandicoot or any other Activision Me fighter was planned for Smash but was canceled because of the company's negative views." Well, thank you for the super chat, K9 Biscuits. But I'm going to disagree with you on that only because. The the at the time any sort of Activision characters would have been in the planning stages for Fighters mm-hmm. Past Two, these views wouldn't have come out. There's too much of a time differential there, so I don't think that was a factor personally. And I guess there's always a chance that they did have something planned and then pulled it <clears> later on, but I just don't get the sense that that's the case. But we'll probably never know either way. So who knows? You could be right. And thank you so much, Canine Biscuits, for the super chat. Uh, all right, well that does bring us to the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, as, as a reminder, we are Patreon funded, so please do uh, head on over to patreon.com slash gaming, where you can find out all the different tiers we offer. Each tier comes with a, uh, with, with a bunch of cool perks. Our most popular tier is our live audience tier where for just $5 a month you can uh, interact with us and our special guests live throughout each episode of TNT. But as always, we do have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons at the producer tier and above for making this show happen because without you, it would not be happening. And we love hanging out with all of you three days a week during this show. So thank you so much, producers, for making this show happen. But as always, we have to give an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine, wonderful, amazing, incredible folks include Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Fangs, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Microphone, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Romsky 113 Critter XD, Kitty Kong Fax, <laughs> Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Azran127, Black King, Pagrima, Geller... Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Oram M, Sakuragi, Becca, Killamox, Fizzywig Hoyd, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, Deaneth, Kota, Sci Fi Lullabies, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hooby, Too Much Spaghetti, No Such Thing, Mega oh. Conrad, Ascaron 809 Ryaner, Ditto M, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Super Gamer Dude 101, Grantles, Ravelox, Lord. Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Kotar Peck. Scuff 196. Kane Wooly. Skull Kid Tiger. Dark Steel 01. Blizzica. Jason Uloa. Jaden Buck. Phantom Project. Cystic Warrior 29. DJ Jurassic. Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy. Dinner Sonic. Darik. Chibi J. Stagnasty every time mumbling <laughs> yeti cameron sharp screamo shaman mason riley keel santi the person brendan hesse hustle bun noah fitterer Rizmon, and finally last but certainly not least our newest member of the ep squad helen kincannon thank you all so much for your incredible generosity like i said check us out over on patreon.com gaming if you want to find out more about how you can support us there But even if you can't and you just support us on here here on YouTube, it would mean the world to us. Drop a like, subscribe to the channel. Every little bit really does help as we uh, seek to grow more and more. And remember, when we hit 75,000 subs right here on YouTube, we're giving away a free Switch OLED model to one of our random subscribers. Literally, all you have to do is be subscribed when we hit 75K, and you might win. Pretty good deal, I think. But either way, thank you all so much. We'll see you Friday for the next episode of TNT. And until then, good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye.